Well, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you all. Hi, Kay. Uh, so great to be with you all this morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Tyler, and I'm on church staff here. And I'm looking forward to our worship service today. Uh, folks are going to continue to come and enter the space. Uh, hopefully the frigid San Diego temperatures don't keep too many people away this morning. Uh, but we will continue to move on and get started with our worship service this morning. Uh, just a reminder that we have our candle tables up here in the front corners of the room. If any time you'd like to come forward to light a candle to represent a prayer that you have for yourself or someone else in your life, uh, you're welcome to come up and do that at any time. Um, at this point, before we begin our worship for the morning, let's, uh, let's pray together. Father God, what a joy it is to be able to see everyone's face in this room for the, uh, the opportunity that we have to worship together. I just thank you for the life of all of the members of the church community that are here, um, all of those that might not be able to make it today. Uh, we're just so grateful to be a part of this family um, where our mission is to lift up your name and to serve you. As we move forward with today's service and we have the opportunity to sing together songs of your praise, have the opportunity to hear about ways that we are invited to be in community with one another and to serve our communities around us and to hear and reflect on your word, God. Remind us of who you are and all that you're doing in our lives and the lives of those around us. We pray that as we move into this space and then out into our lives in the coming days and weeks that we are continually able to lift up your name and to glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tyler. If you're able to, let's stand together, bring ourselves before God, grateful for God's faithfulness in us this day, breathing in life moment by moment. faithfulness today and great is thy faithfulness great is thy Come before God with worship today and let's read together Revelation 2. Oh, Revelation 22. Let's read this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. 
the beginning and the end. Oh Lord, we speak of you with such words to describe your awesomeness, the way in which you are faithful through all time. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. Lift your voice. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. Oh, we sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. And we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. And we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. And we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Then God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh we shout out your praise. We thank you, God, that you poured yourself out for us. We respond with gratefulness to you, God, in praise. That you'll praise to God this day for what God has done for us. Amen.
Amen. I'm going to invite up Valerie to read God's word for us this day. Good morning. Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard no, in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere child, and the one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plants and others eat. For as the day of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, and they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion and it will eat straw like the ox, and the dust will be in the serpent's food. They will never, excuse me, they will neither harm nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Word of the Lord. before you we praise you and we thank you for the life of Jesus and what it means for us that Jesus was the incarnate that God made flesh the kingdom made flesh and that through Jesus we have been we have been given the gift of seeing the glimpses of your kingdom come your will be done. 
So Lord, today we reflect on the life of Jesus and we put our hope in the coming of the kingdom. And that Lord, it would not just come through Jesus, but it would come through us. Thank you, Lord, we sing. You heard the cry of our heart. And you came down. Freely you gave us your love. Showing us how useless, Lord. and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace 
to this I hold my hope is only Jesus for my life is wholly bound to his how how strange and divine I can sing all is mine yet not I but through Christ in me
today we have the wonderful experience every Sunday to come together with the presence of Christ in us, to acknowledge the presence of Christ in others. Let us continue our tradition and pass the peace of Christ to one another. gather back together as we pray over our children, as they go off into children's church and our youth, as they go off into their programming, would you join me in reading this prayer over our kids and youth today? This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. Kids, youth, y'all are dismissed. It's good to be with you this morning. We got a few things going on in the life of our church. The first is this. If you'd like to uh, tell us that you're here or you want to uh, give us any updates of information or if you have a prayer request that you'd love to tell the pastoral staff, Love for you to use this check-in. You can just hover your smartphone over the screen or in your bulletin. It's a simple Google form. Just let us know you're here. We'd love uh, to uh, know that you're with us this morning. A few other things. Uh, We have our Thanksgiving food drive for Southeast Church of the Nazarene and their Thanksgiving uh, lunch. All of those items that you may have signed up for, they are due back here next Sunday, uh, and there is plenty more uh, that we need to give them. If you are interested in joining us in this food drive, uh, there is a sign-up board in the back. It has been lovingly highlighted all the things that are missing. So if at a distance you're like, I don't know what to sign up for, do they have everything filled? We do not, and you can tell easily by the lime green highlighter. So please go in the back, check that out after service, sign up for something. We'd love to have that all come back next Sunday for the food drive so we can get it to them with plenty of time. You may have received one of these guys as you walked into the church this morning. This is our Advent series uh, 
what is just going on in the life of our church over this next season. Uh, starting with uh, worship services here during the Advent season, um, we have Joyful Sounds of Christmas on December 4th. We have the children's musical. All of that information can be found here on this little handout. You'll notice that there's nothing on the back. That is for, oh, that you can put that on your refrigerator or any place that might remind you of what's going on. So grab one of those if you haven't. It tells you everything you need to, need to know what's going on in the life of our church this uh, Advent season. Joyful Sounds of Christmas, as I said, is December 4th. Uh, there are some invite cards in the back if you want to invite some of your friends or family or coworkers to that event. Uh, you can find all of those in the back as well at our information center. In addition, uh, for our Joyful Sounds of Christmas, we're going to be meeting in the Family Life Center. Um, and, and there's two services, but you can find us all over there on December 4th. Uh, lastly, we got the children's musical coming up, which is going to be awesome. That will be here in Brown Chapel. Um, but as a part of that, traditionally, we've done a, a meal afterwards. Uh, it's a, our marketplace meal. We are going to be doing that meal in the CAF at Point Loma Nazarene University's cafeteria. And we would love for you to get those meal tickets ahead of time. Uh, so that it's not a mad rush, we're not overwhelming them and overwhelming the uh, uh, people buying tickets who may have forgotten. So if you come here on a regular basis, get those tickets in advance. You can buy them from Rihanna out in the information center. There's just a lot back there that I want you to know about this morning. So you can find Rihanna in the back. She can sell you those tickets. Would love for you to be a part of that meal after our children's musical. At this time, I would love to invite Diep as we continue on in prayer. What a privilege it is to invite you into a time of prayer, praying for one another, praying for our nation, praying for the needs that we bring with us, praying for this morning's service, wherever God might lead your heart to pray. There are certainly many needs within our congregation. My guess is there are many needs within your family unit. And what a joy it is, together in community, to pray. My hope is that during this prayer time, you might consider praying for the person who's seated beside you on either side. Maybe praying for the person that you just shook hands with during passing the peace. Maybe praying for the person that um, comes to your mind during a portion of our quiet time. But together we come and offer up our requests, mixed in with our hopes our concerns, our wonder over the issues of the past and how they might affect our future. Maybe it's just prayers about our future. Let me tell you how the next few moments will proceed. Um, when we begin our time of prayer, there will be a um, musical interlude that will take place with a choir. It's intended to calm your spirits, to allow you to focus your heart. Then there'll be a few moments of silence. I hope during that silence you recognize that the world doesn't go silent. We just try and quiet ourselves and allow ourselves to be silent. And in those moments of silence, allowing God's spirit to work and lead our thoughts, bring to mind those things that uh, are pressing on our heart. 
and that we move from holding those with a tight-fisted grip to loosening the grip and trusting God in those moments. I'll offer a few words of prayer on behalf of all of us, and then for those of us who know and would like to participate, we'll say together the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together.
Lord, we long for the comfort of knowing that you are near. It often feels that the sounds and voices that are all around us both vying for our attention and speaking into our lives in ways that are sometimes helpful and other times, Lord, just feel painful and destructive. That they begin to cloud out or screen out your peace, your presence, and what has been so often referred to as the still small voice that leads and guides us. So this morning, Lord, will you give us a space that feels safe, a hope that endures, a fresh perspective on those things that are foundational and important to our journey that lead us closer and closer to being all that you created us to be. For you know us, Lord, and how we were woven together. So come near, Lord. Come near and hold the circumstances that sometimes grip us. Come near and hold those whom we love who face such difficult moments. Come near, Lord, and hold our heart in your hands. Provide salve for the wounds. Renew joy within us. May we receive, as the writer of Thessalonians says, the encouragement that comes from you. Empowering our every action and word by your Spirit. That's our prayer, Lord. Be near. All the others seem to build on that, Lord, and we often don't even know how to pray. So you've invited us to pray simply and to simply pray. So we offer the prayer that you taught your disciples and your disciples have been praying through the centuries. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Russ, I believe, is going to come and read scripture for us this morning. Our scripture this morning is taken from Second Thessalonians some of Paul's earliest writing where he speaks to the Thessalonian church about their diligence and their work ethic within the body of Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, 
to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, choir. Valerie, thank you as well for scripture reading and praise band. What a good morning this has been. And what a fascinating scripture this is about busybodies. So we're just going to name names right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, this is uh, an interesting passage that highlights how difficult it is to read somebody else's mail. Because that's what this is. We're reading a letter that was sent to a church at Thessalonica. The salutation seems to indicate that this is by Paul. And, and it is um, fascinating as you look at this to try and imagine what's going on that creates this kind of a letter. And there are so many things that begin to um, stir as you try and make sense of this admonition to be careful about idleness, not only be careful about idleness, but be careful about those who practice idleness, and then be real cautious about the idle people who are busybodies about everybody else's business. And, and this is the text that we have to work with this morning to try and understand what God might be saying to us today in this place, in this time. I also, maybe this is premature to step into this, but when I, when I dig into this, there are circumstances here that seem to be addressing a sense of discouragement or uncertainty or division this seems to go back into the earlier portions of this letter. We talked last week about the man of lawlessness that is coming. And now we're talking about the people of idleness that are among us. Feels like there is some division that is creating major problems within the church. It feels a bit like Paul is addressing an issue that he's already addressed for a couple of reasons. We can find in 1 Thessalonians, the previous letter, 
some statements regarding work and idleness. So it feels like this has been ongoing. And then there's stuff that we don't know because he speaks in verse 5 of those things that I said to you before. Let's see if I can pull that up quickly. This is in chapter 2. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? Talking about previous conversations about some of the issues that are being addressed. So not only has there been a letter that's been written, but there has also been conversations that have taken place when Paul was with them, and he chooses not to give a great explanation, but he seems to assume that they know exactly what he's talking about. And the truth is, we don't. There's been a lot of speculation about several of the passages of 2 Thessalonians as what certain things might mean. I think I probably just added to the mix or messiness last week in trying to talk about the lawlessness that exists within us. The language of that person of lawlessness, it's language that is mirrored about Adam of Adam and Eve when Adam sinned. And the same language references not only Adam, but references the Jewish people who turned to wicked ways, as is referenced to the person of lawlessness here. I... We've been through an interesting week. For those of you that ever turn on the news for some reason, you might find the language that comes from so many different news stations that we are a deeply divided country. (laughs) Deep, deep divisions separate us. And I don't discount that that has some truth to it, But the real truth is that come a new session of Congress in January, everyone who got voted in is going to go and do their work and try and figure out how to work together. Are there things that divide us? Certainly. But the resilience that we have The purpose and hope for a future, it keeps driving us and pushing us forward. And the deep, deep divisions that are supposedly keeping us apart, people are going to sit side by side around a table and try and work through decisions and try and keep things moving forward and try and do good recognizing that people come with a different perspective of what good looks like, but intentionally trying to do that which makes a difference for the good. And that's hope that pushes us forward. And part of what we find here in both the letters to the church at Thessalonica is this notion that the people have a hope about that which is yet to come. It is fundamental to the Christian faith. 
And if you are here this morning and are still trying to make a decision about this Christian faith, I just want to be forthcoming and say that fundamental to this Christian faith is the hope of things to come. A belief that the Messiah brings about a future that is different than what we see around us right now. A hope that somehow in ways that probably go beyond what we fully understand, heaven descends to earth. The good of heaven becomes the norm of earth that people find ways to move past differences and become united around that which is right. That righteousness prevails. It is a hope about the future. We have had a week of many prognosticators whose view of the future at one level or another, didn't come to pass exactly as predicted. Whether that was good for your position or posture or bad for your position or posture, it certainly highlights that we are not great at prognosticating the future. And that in itself was a prognostication <laughs> that we will continue to probably not be great at it. But in the midst of this, we have a call to a group of people whose view of the future is that the return of Christ is so close, just around the corner, that maybe the best thing to do is to do nothing but just wait. Quit my job, stop working. Certainly we have enough resources that we collectively could all live together for the next, I don't know, a few days, weeks, maybe months, but not long because something's going to happen. And certainly something did happen, but not exactly like they thought. And Paul appeals to the people. And in the midst of this appeal, says, let's stay engaged. Let's make a difference right now. Let's do our work. Let's do it well. Let's do it right. In fact, one of the things that I think we miss in this reading of chapter 3, is that between the difficult passages and sayings in chapter 2 and talking about the things yet to come and this discussion of be careful about idleness and what it might do not only to you but to the community, right at the end of chapter 2, we have a very powerful passage that's not in either one of the readings. 
But to me, it helps tie them together and gives us guidance as to where we go. And it's tough for me to interpret this portion of chapter 3 without taking a look at it. It says, we are always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. You've been chosen as the first fruits, the first fruits of that which is unfolding. You've been chosen as the first fruits and set apart for holy use or holy purpose. That's what the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit does. Sets apart for holy use. That's you and me. God, through Christ, has sent forth the Holy Spirit that we might be vessels of the Holy Spirit's work. And this happens by what the Holy Spirit does and our believing the truth. You might stand in the same place as Pilate did with Jesus in regard to the truth. If you recall this portion of the story, Jesus with Pilate, the very end of John chapter 18, I believe it is. Pilate's interrogating Jesus. He's actually trying to find ways to release Jesus. But neither the people nor Jesus make easy pathways for this to happen. Jesus had already been tried by the high priest. And in that discussion with the high priest, he says, what's happening now all along, I have been very forthright about the truth and I've been very public about the truth. I said it openly in the temples. I've not hidden. I've not done anything clandestine. And why now are you calling me to task for saying the truth? Those who follow the truth listen to me. Well, they felt that the truth was blasphemy. Now we have Jesus with Pilate at the end of chapter 18 in John, and Jesus makes reference to the truth again. And Pilate's response was, what is truth? A legit question, but it doesn't appear he waits for an answer. Because it quickly moves to handing over Jesus for the crucifixion to take place. But it's appropriate for us to wrestle with it. What is the truth? What is the good news gospel message truth? What is the truth about you? It seems to me we need to wrestle about the truth of ourselves before we're really prepared to talk about wrestling with the truth in the community of faith or the community at large. There's some truths I love to dwell on every once in a while. Scripture tells me I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and so are you. Scripture tells me I've been stamped with God's image. And it's really important for me to remember that so have you. 
truth is, I know that I have a bent toward thinking I can do it all on my own, that I can figure it out, that I can be my own God, which is just self-idolatry. And when I continually mess up in that arena, I believe in the truth that God with open arms forgives and offers grace and makes the suggestion, would you consider letting me be the Lord of your life? I know how you were woven together in the inmost being of who you are. I know how you were created. I know what you were perfectly designed to do. Could we walk this journey together? I believe that's the truth. And that that forgiveness has come because there's one who laid down his life on my behalf and on your behalf. It's the gospel freedom. It then gives me wings to fly, to try, to hope, to dream, and to do it with you in community. So I want to come back to this passage. You know, it might feel like I just went off on a long tangent there. But this passage talks about some very specifics about how we live now. And it seems to me that part of what Paul is saying is, you're missing that not only has the Holy Spirit sanctified you and set you apart for holy use, but the purpose of that is now that you might do what you do in a sanctified way. That you might now sanctify the work that you're doing. So I'll just open up myself on this because I don't know all of the work that all of you do. I know a lot of your jobs, but I don't know all of them. I don't know the work that you've done in the past. I, I've had the great joy of having far too many jobs. I'm grateful that I had work to do. Started out working at a hardware store in the paint department. Rented sailboats behind a convenience store and then at Kensington Lake. Painted houses. Painted anything that people would let me paint. As long as they'd pay me a few dollars for it. I put together sailboats. Made a few extra dollars doing that. I sold insurance. I sold fire extinguishers. I delivered pizza at Domino's. I worked at General Dynamics, I was a youth pastor, church planting. I worked in student development as a resident assistant, a resident director, dean of students. I was chaplain at a school. It's getting a little boring now. I love what I do now. But I want to say that each one of those had the potential, if I chose, to make the work sacred by how I entered into doing the work. The invitation by Paul is, it feels like it's a confrontation of an adage that has probably long since come about since this was written, but it feels like it matches up with our adage that says somebody is so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. It seems like Paul is saying to the church, you have your mind so set on some things that you are just certain are coming to pass that you're no good to anybody. 
Participate in making what you're doing sacred. Every once in a while, I reference my mom. She passed away about eight years ago, two weeks ago. I didn't say that right. Eight years ago, two weeks ago, she passed away. Still didn't sound right, but I'm going to move on. She had some wonderful traits, wonderful attributes. She, I think she loved to clean. She just cleaned a lot. And there were times I would wake up, my mom would be vacuuming. It'd be like midnight, and she was cleaning. I don't know if she couldn't sleep, if she was obsessive-compulsive about cleaning. I'm not sure. As time passed, years passed, I came to think that that was one of my mom's sacred moments, that she felt like she was making a place better than how she found it. That feels like sanctifying work to me. She put it into practice in the workplace as well. She worked in customer service. God bless all of you who have worked in customer service. Oh, my goodness. It's really hard to stay sanctified in customer service. I mean, seriously. Responding to people like you? I didn't mean it that way. No, no, no. That's not what I meant. What I meant was the general public hearing complaints all the time about things that you can't control, trying to make solutions that people desperately need. My mom ran a department of customer service personnel, and it felt to me, as I listened to her talk about it, like she sanctified the work. She'd talk with appreciation of the people who brought things to the company's attention. She looked for solutions outside the box. She made pathways for people. It was as if she had a sacred calling to serve in those moments. Years after she retired, she got a part-time job. She answered the phone for a company and serviced those people as well. And then it was a place that she had to stuff books into boxes, wrap them up with tape, send them off. And I'd visit her, and she had this sense of joy and would tell me what she'd been praying about while she was working. Mom, who are you? You're amazing. She took work, believing that God had set her apart through the Holy Spirit and believed the truth that she had a work to do, and that was to allow the Holy Spirit to create sacred what she was doing. I feel like Paul is making a strong invitation to all of us. He's saying, you know, this idleness is creating problems. It's, it's allowing you to focus on things that are not productive. It's creating divisions among you. I want to remind you, you've been set apart for holy use by the Holy Spirit, and the truth is God has trusted you to be the vessel through which grace comes. And where is grace needed the most? Well, I confess, first and foremost, 
me, I need it? It seems to me it's needed where I have the privilege of working, wherever that might be. Invited to a place, invited into somebody's life, invited into the journey. And how does it happen? It happens by making the routine sacred, the task holy, allowing space to become uniquely blessed by God's Spirit because you've not become something that holds the Holy Spirit's work. You've become a vessel through which the Holy Spirit works. That's what sanctification does. It empowers you in all of those places to somehow give a taste of heaven on earth. At the close of this reading, the powerful admonition, don't ever stop doing what's right. Because that's where God works. That's the invitation this morning. Because when that happens, I've got to tell you, there's no end to my hope. There's no end to what can occur in spite of circumstances. Because it's not up to me alone. It's God at work in us together. Lord God, you save us through your spirit from all the things that do divide us. You breathe your spirit into our life and wait for us to breathe it in. You offer to live within us, set up residence, and give us a hope and a future. You invite us to not cling so tightly to our vision of what the future might be that we stop trusting you with the future, but instead trust the peace that you offer when we put our hope in you. So Lord, this morning, send us to work with a vision that our work can be sacred space, that our Efforts, whether in our home or at a job, working in front of a computer, on an assembly line, teaching, offering guidance to others through our given professions, that that becomes sacred space every moment of every day when we allow you to live through us. Help us to be vessels through which your sanctifying power creates holiness throughout our community. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Thank you. Whew. Yeah. I'm going to invite you to stand for a closing benediction. Following the benediction, just so you know, Lisa Pagan will be playing a postlude, Rejoice the Lord is King. Thank you, Lisa, for doing that. I also don't want this moment to leave without saying something to all of you here this morning. I had a privilege yesterday of uh, being at a wedding, presiding over a wedding, and uh, during the reception time, sitting at a table with some people that I hadn't seen in quite some time. And they asked uh, more about my work. And I simply want to make sure that you know what I told them. Sometimes we tell others things and forget to tell the people we're closest to. What an incredible privilege it is to be on the journey with you, to learn from you, to grow with you, to explore this whole notion of faith, I tried to express to them how fortunate I feel, what a privilege it is day in and day out to pray for and hope with you on this journey. Thank you. And for this benediction, the closing of this letter is so beautiful and so powerful. May it be yours this morning. Now may the Lord of peace give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. Go in God's peace. God bless you. Thank you.